Welcome to What the Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit. Whatever the fuck that means. Welcome <laughs> home to the USA. Welcome back Yay. to What the Fit, Kate Ritchie. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited to have you. Let's do a cheers. Okay, cheers. We got our local, new favorite cider. I know. We got a new favorite cider. Cidergeist. Swizzle. Swizzle. I love it with lemongrass and ginger. Yeah. Not too sweet. No. And it's easy drinking. Yeah. yeah. That was the first thing you said. Easy to drink. Easy drinking. Mm-hmm. Easy listening today. Mm-hmm. How are you doing, Kate? I am doing great. Yeah. Like I said, nursing a little bit of a hangover. Right. We're recording the day, the Monday after Cincinnati's arguably like Cincinnati's biggest weekend mm-hmm. of the year. Pig. The pig. Um, Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. What else was there? There's like three things. That's Game enough, of Thrones. Honestly, honest, yes, exactly. Yeah. But no, I am also feeling it. Not so much the hangover part, mm-hmm. but I spontaneously ran right. six miles. Because you're crazy. Like, do your followers <laughs> know that you like just woke up after wearing stilettos for a night and then ran six miles? Yeah, the, the, whole, the, the whole story in a shortened version is I was not planning on running the pig at all, as you all know from listening to this podcast over mm-hmm. and over that I, I was gonna cheer I love to cheer yeah, I was a chair yeah cheer. cheering is the best I was there yeah and um some friends had a relay team and one of my friends was running the second leg which starts at Eden Park it's mm-hmm. about it's just under six miles but it's the hilliest mm-hmm. one which is again crazy yeah but. yeah yeah <laughs> so I I had I had thought going into it like I'm just gonna do a mile with you right. like just to give her a little support right so went out the night before in yep. my stiletto heels, shots, cocktails, so <laughs> yep. much Puerto Rican and Venezuelan food. The good stuff. Wake up at 6 a.m., get down there. And you just like start to feel the energy. Totally. I felt pig. it. When I like one of my friends, when she was finishing, my like three of my friends and I were there. I almost cried. I cried the entire time. Okay, good. So like it's an emotional thing. It is so emotional. Yeah. Like, I, s- I started to walk up Gilbert to get to Eden Park. Mm-hmm. And that's always so emotional because it's a bitch of a hill (laughs) yeah like you can see it in people you know and so it's like that's why I love to cheer there yeah but immediately I just got like tears I'm like you can't do this you cannot be (laughs) crying hysterically (laughs) no yes you can no it is it's very emotional yes I like I went down like to the banks for the finish line to meet my friend and when she came up and I saw her in the distance I was like oh my god she's coming and then she like hit our hands and I was like my friend just ran 26.2 miles. Insane. It was really emotional, but it was yeah. also so cool to see like people going across the finish line. One mom had her three kids, two holding her hand, and then one she put on her shoulders and ran through. And Insane. I was like, that is wild. It, you, like People, humans are cr- incredible. Incredible. Yeah. incredible. So yeah, so I get there, the energy of it. I was just like, you know what, Fiona? Let's I'm going to do, do the thing with you. Do I mean, it. totally unprepared. What a good friend had, you are. Had like my lip gloss with me. It's yes. <laughs> not <laughs> whatever. So did that. So my, I mean, my you calves. need to touch up for pictures afterwards, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my calves are, are feeling it today, but okay. Talk to me about your favorite workout. Okay. What's my favorite workout. So I just moved. So we all know I'm a big defined girl, Yeah. but, um, I just moved into my big, girl apartment my first one um i Congratulations. moved into on a street on grandin which is next to summit i know exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about and bomb bon right across the street so dangerous but also so excited for that delicious um, but so anyway that b- big walk on grandin that goes like past cincinnati country club and summit yep all the way down um that is my new favorite walk it is <gasps> so beautiful especially on a night like tonight and it's like breezy and you're just going for a good yes. long walk and there's like hills and whatever that's one thing i took away from being 
out of the workout game for three months is yep. that walking is my new best friend. It's so therapeutic. Kate, do you know how much I'm obsessed with walking? Yeah. My favorite workout love of it. the week coming up soon on a future okay. ep- No. Wait. <laughs> Are you allowed to say it? No. Yeah. I'm just trying to like put in my mind. <laughs> my favorite workout of the week last episode okay. was my walks. Yes. It's amazing. They're, they do so much for you, like mentally. I'm so happy that we share this. Yes. I will come amazing. walking with you whenever you Oh my you God. Want. We should start a walking group i can i cannot commit to any other responsibilities but i will be there if you start it okay all right yeah maybe that'll be my new summer project also i will just be there if you want to walk okay dope we'll find a time so great so okay that i love that was your workout yes my favorite workout you are familiar with Mm -hmm. so i used to go to the Orange Theory Tornado class. Yes, which is how we met. Every Saturday at 9.45 a.m. It used to be. It's not anymore. I hadn't been to a tornado in so long. Mm-hmm. And they were my, they're my favorite. Those, I will say, they were my favorite as well. Like, yeah. Because you're just kind of moving around so quick that right. you don't get into a, any haze exactly. or like exactly. zone out. Oh, and so, so for those that may not know, a tornado at Orange Theory is when you move through mm-hmm. each station. So three stations, the tread, the rower, and the floor like very quickly yeah so, so it's, it's like, like i tornado. think it's like what the workout is 60 minutes and each station is 10 minutes each so it's just going really quick yeah but like, he, but he's even less than that the tornado so like with this one this past tornado which was my favorite workout in like a very long time we were at each station for three and a half minutes oh wow and so it was like a very tense th- three and a half minutes yeah. each time obviously and, like high intensity yes yeah. and like the way that it was set up which i just loved so much so the tread it was the same every time it was like you did mm-hmm. a 30 second all out and then you had a minute my favorite recovery and i'm saying recovery in quotations because you were doing 10 jump squats and then running at your base pace until the next 30 second all out came around christ oh my god i would if i'm taking a minute off i'm walking it was it was a lot but you again you were only doing this this for three and a half minutes and then you got about a two minute rest when you went to the next station so i just and you're working that hard it's kind of like invigorating and you just want to like go for it exactly it was so it was like the it was the right amount of rest where you were super challenged still, mm-hmm. but like you didn't feel it was out of control. And every interval, every time it came around, you could like give it your all again. Totally. I love that, that you're like, you have in two minutes isn't too long. Right. So you like, you have a breather and then like you're ready to jump back in and like yeah. kill it. Yeah. No. I totally and I know that. we're both Game of Thrones fans. And so le- ever since the epic battle. Okay, wait, I have to tell you that. What? Go ahead. I, I'm not. I don't watch Game of Thrones. You just said you watched it. <laughs> yes, I watched it because my two friends that I was with yesterday are oh diehard fans. Okay, God. I know. I'm, I know. I said that as if I was a fan. <laughs> I'm so not. I'm so well, sorry. I appreciate the transparency. I definitely could have like bullshitted that somehow, but I no. It's okay. Okay. It, it's. It's. You got to be honest. Yep. I got it. I got it. Well, I am a big Game of Thrones fan, and ever since the epic battle, I've heard about this. Battle. Of course, everyone yeah. has that happened. It's just been on my mind when it comes to workouts. Oh, nice! And so, switching between like the treadmill and the rower, mm-hmm. you it ended with the thirty second all out, and mm-hmm. then immediately, immediately two minutes later, you were yeah. going to start some exercise with like a medicine ball. Okay, and so I knew like you have to like breathe because you're about to right. be really hard so i would be like standing up so straight and tall with yes. like my hands on my hips and like very focused like, and, like you're ready for battle measured breath like <laughs> yes. i was the unsullied preparing for like my imminent death of perfect like, <laughs> no that is the best way to like think about it like you gotta it embody like a game of thrones character <laughs> be like i'm about to take i'm this about to die down. Like, yeah or that. these jump squats with the chest press are my imminent death right. but 
yeah i love the game of thrones reference i wish i could relate but it's okay i'm i'm there with you mentally yeah no you got it yeah you got it i got it okay so instead of each talking about our own little fitness wellness trend i wanted Mm -hmm. to like recap your euro trip because the last time you were on the podcast Mm -hmm. you were just about to leave yeah i think it was like literally two weeks before yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and you were really working through kind of like going over there to like see how they lived in terms of health mm-hmm. and wellness and like what you could take back yep. with you mm-hmm. in terms of their way of life. Exactly. So I'm super and interested. I will say that like, although I drank a lot of beer I and so. drank a lot of wine and did my fair share of um, going out and seeing how people my age like celebrate in the city. Yeah. I actually will not lie. I learned a lot like one about myself, about the way that, food is treated and all that good mm-hmm. stuff like in Ireland and um also in Greece like yeah. I mean so so quick so you were gone for what almost three months so I was gone for like exactly three months that's a really long time yeah to be away. so I did two months or two weeks in Greece mm-hmm. so we did a week in Athens no three days in Athens and then the rest of the two weeks in Santorini was we, it beautiful like, yeah but it was so funny so um Obviously, it's off season in January, oh, okay. um, and we anticipated that, but yeah. not to the extent of how dead it was. Mm. So Greece or Athens was super lively, and it was amazing and so cool. Um, I also remember specifically like the amount of walking we did was amazing. But on our way back one day, I found like a juicery. Ooh, okay, and um, I was like, yes, right. This feels me. like home. Yeah, it feels like home. Yeah, I went in and I got a juice, and they juice it right in front of you, and it was three dollars, and I got a giant jar. And what? it was just like super cool because I mean, just one example of it being so much more affordable over there and yeah. so much more natural instead of trendy and like important to do it just because everyone else is doing right, it. Right. Like you want to take a picture like, of it. Exactly. It's like made you're it, drinking like, the juice because you want to just see this. Right. What kind of juice did you get? So I got like a, um, it had like, so I hate beets, but it had beets and cauliflower and celery and then like apples Weird. and they juiced it in front of me. And I won't lie. I mean, it could have been strained a little better but hey this is we're you, you know what accessibility what yeah, yeah what you see is what you get but um I remember um that was my first experience like being like wow this is really healthy and then I had a Greek salad every day the mm. most fresh food I've ever tasted like I mean when you get a Greek salad in Greece it's, it's actually like as good as it gets Greek like salad. yeah it's actually a Greek salad <laughs> um but and it's literally like they tell you it's like they're very like adamant about telling you that this is just olive oil salt and pepper and veggies like that's all this is and like fresh feta that we got i saw some pictures of like massive blocks of feta oh my god it was my favorite thing like it just it's like a cherry on top is like the block of feta because you get your own block of feta and it's acceptable to eat the whole thing (laughs) like it was just like and the thing is is that i'm really glad we went there first because um it you know anxiety sets in you're out of your comfort zone. You're yeah. not eating like what I'm not having a smoothie every day. Right. But and were you worried about your IBS? Oh, my God. A hundred percent. I did bring my adrenal health and my digestive enzymes with me. I can't lie. Yeah. Well, that's um, but that's thing. like, you know, th- that's how my body responds to stress. Is it, di- it my digestion slows down and it stresses out and it freaks out. So like going to a new country, I had to be prepared. Sure. But um, the coolest thing, though, was so, I mean, I kind of was more focused on my IBS like at the end of the month because mm-hmm. I was like, wow, it's totally normal. Like everything's fine. So you like got to Greece those like first. Yeah. Because whatever. you're eating such real food yeah. and I love Greek salad. So I was getting one every day and I felt really good about what I was eating. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I was worried, 
but I also like it wasn't as affected as I thought it would be but it obviously is because of the food so then when we went to Santorini we did a wine tasting class and she told us all about how their wines are the most natural Mm. and you know won't give you that headache tomorrow and um paired it with food and she gave us like a long history lesson on why they treat food the way they do why it's so important and I was just really interested in the wine at that point, but, yeah, like, totally. <laughs> but it was just like, they're so passionate yeah. that they talk about food as if it's a person, like they actually talk about it as if it has like a personality, like came from somewhere, yeah. makes you feel this <clears throat> way, tastes this way. Like it just like was really cool mm-hmm. and made me want to appreciate what I was eating that much more. Yeah. And so when you're slowing down and that's the way they do it, like they meals last hours and hours because you're talking in the middle you're not stuffing your face you're enjoying conversation and it just makes everything else relax in your body so for me really just like being in a different headspace calms the rest of everything down so it just works out better and I have said before the journey that I decided to take like picking up and going to Europe like is something that I thought that I was meant to do Mm -hmm. like my I don't know soul was telling me to go like I just like thought that that was the right path for me my soul tells me I should be going to Europe right all the time I mean, doesn't too. everybody's yeah. like <laughs> no. duh yeah. um but I remember like I just felt really calm like like this is where I was supposed to be in that moment so yeah. it was just like I mean and again that's where my IBS is really focused on is because it is it comes from my stress um and I wasn't stressed like yeah. I was just like living the freaking well, yes. life i'm sure it's Duh. easy when you're like on a santorini watch, mountain right yeah. watching the sunset like i talk like about it as if i was like you know freaking i don't even know but i'm like yes no i was in santorini that's most likely why i was fine yeah. yeah so then you went to ireland yeah so um turns out when we got there and it was super dead um we were like i don't know if this is the lively spot to be like we in did santorini yes yeah. because it was fr- frozen outside but like i mean it wasn't dead dead but we got there on a sunday like a religious holiday so the streets were empty Mm. and gabby and i looked at each other and we're like what did we do my god but then like the whole week like opened up and it was beautiful and we walked everywhere hence why i love walking for walking i Um, I agree but yeah and then so we were like okay we got to go somewhere else because this is kind of you know we want to meet people yeah um and when we thought so we had thought about going to ireland before we left and we were like okay so we'll see out greece see how it goes and then maybe like later on we'll go to ireland but we were like i think we should go now like i think we should just you know so i told my mom um and she was like well where are you gonna go in ireland i'm like well dublin like the cap city is that a capital I have no idea. Okay, I have no idea. Disregard that. Um, please. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> um, but so we went, whatever, flew into Dublin. And my mom was like, my mom's boss is Irish. His oh, whole family okay. is like Irish, like through and through, 100%. Um, and they have a family home in this tiny, tiny town called Ardmore. And it's three hours away from Dublin. But when I say tiny town, I mean, like, Gabby can attest to this one restaurant three pubs no grocery store a giant beach a beautiful cliff walk do they have schools nope the closest school is like a 20 minute drive which is like not bad but and no one drives in ireland which no one tells you nobody drives how do they get to where they're going the the bus and like the only bus to take out of ardmore is an hour-long windy road to get to a different part and then you have to take another bus. But so like, but we would go in once a week to get all of our groceries. Mm-hmm. 
but I mean, okay. But anyway, it is the tiniest town ever. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing there. Yeah. So we quickly, so, and out but of the, they were just like, going to let you stay in this house. So the, out of the kindness of their hearts, they yeah. literally let us stay in this nine bedroom cottage. Just Gabby and I. I don't think that's appropriate. There's no cottages that are nine bedrooms. I know. <laughs> well, that's what they call it. Yeah, They're yeah, like I the know. cottage on the street. And we're like, yeah. you know, this is nine bedrooms. Yeah, right? Right. But um, so it was beautiful. And we had this whole place to ourselves. Um, it was funny because there were so many bedrooms. Like I used one as my closet and one as my room and Gabby and I had our own bathrooms and it was just like, we just were the luckiest in the world. Like that was just a really lucky thing. So, and then my mom actually surprised me a weekend because when we got all set up in the house, we were like, okay, getting settled. And then my mom called me. So like on our way there, we couldn't really find it because like I said, Ardmore's tiny and it's just like impossible to get to. Um, but the night I got there and we had all calmed down, um, she called me and she was like, okay, so you're settled. And I was like, yeah, she was like, all right, I have one more surprise. And I was like, what? And she was like, I will be there next week. And I was like, what? Oh my God. That's fun. Yeah. It was so fun. So she came down and, um, you know, I had been sending in her boss. Um, I actually interned there last summer. So I knew him. Mm -hmm. I was sending him pictures back and forth and he was just like living vicariously through me. And it was just really nice. And I met all of his friends Mm. and he had told like, this is how tiny the town is. Like I, the first night we went into our favorite pub, um, the one of three, the one of three. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, so there's not many, very much room for, (laughs) you know, favorites, but, um, I walked in and I was like, is Ken here? Like my mom's boss told me to ask for Ken and he was like, oh yeah, are you Kate? I was like, how the what? No, you're like, welcome. Oh this God. sounds like a movie. This I, is a lifetime movie. I know it totally is. And then, so he was like, are you Kate? And I was like, how did you know that? He was like, oh, I talked to um, power. He told me you're coming in. And I was like, okay, yeah. But everyone treated us like family. Like yeah. we quickly became the two crazy American girls. Um, <laughs> and we were just like, I'm not, I'm not bragging but we were the talk of the town like we For were the talk of the 10 people in the town yeah yeah, yeah. No. we were running around <laughs> acting like fools and everyone was like have you seen the two american what, girls how did you fill your days oh no so that's the thing um towards the end we didn't do a single thing oh. like because you know you can't go anywhere and yeah. the, the hotel up the street is like oh like it's known all over the country it's called the cliff house hotel it's like a Michelin star, yeah. super fancy, but it's so nice because it overlooks this like beautiful little town mm-hmm. and it's on the water and it has a five star spa mm. and sorry. Um, and so we would go there to use their Wi-Fi oh. <laughs> because there was no such thing as Wi-Fi. Wow. We didn't have Wi-Fi. I did notice you really fell off Instagram, which I was yeah. like, I had to, it was, n- it was good to see, right? Because yeah. it meant that living. you were living. What was that experience like? Like being off well, so Instagram, someone that's active literally was active every day. Yeah. So I was just realizing that when I was taking pictures of my food and I was w- sitting down with other people, like it's no one is on their phone. Like I know that yeah. that's like getting more normalized here, of yeah. course, but I mean, it's almost as if they're waiting for you to get off. Yeah. Like you feel you're very much you're aware of mm-hmm. like this is doesn't feel right. Exactly. To, to and then this. like also it's just like the way that they treat their food, no matter how healthy or unhealthy. It's like you're you're coming to the table to sit down and interact. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not even like really focused on the food. It's more about the company. Right. And you're talking and you're enjoying. So like what I just it kind of just slowly happened, especially since Gabby and I were cooking in the kitchen and we were just kind of getting by on yeah I was gonna say how did your food how did your diet yeah shift so like it was we eating wasn't that bad so like no smoothies no yeah. you know I ate a lot there's no bounce class happening nope um I also fun fact did not work out for three months yeah how I mean that? walking counts but well, I mean what's we'll, we'll talk about your food like food stuff and then I want to hear about not working out for okay yeah months. so food I mean like it just kind of slowly happened we were cooking in the kitchen but you know money conscious we were just we were 
you could only go to the grocery store one time a week exactly and but we also did make um farmer friends who would give us like bags of carrots and parsnips and potatoes and one time we even got lamb burgers and lamb chops like the the cream of the crop like irish grass-fed lamb like what they talk about here like we had it real deal right in front of it was really cool carry gold yeah um but so we did that a lot and it just kind of became more like i'm excited to try something new and gabby it's just gabby and i so like when we're not talking the house is quiet Mm -hmm. so it's more important to like instead of me getting on my phone and like making up a caption for 20 minutes Mm -hmm. or telling a story um it was just kind of important for us to be present with each other because yeah. we were all we had. Mm-hmm. And when she wasn't on her phone, I wasn't on my phone and we were talking and like laughing and yeah. it just kind of slowly happened. And then when I even like sometimes wouldn't update my regular Instagram, yeah. I just kind of wanted to be like, you know what? I'm going to take a break. Like yeah. this is the perfect time. Oh, and I'm not going to no like better time. I'm not going to like cut it off forever right. and ever, but or even make like a closing statement like, hey, be back later. Just kind of like, yeah, you don't fade out a little bit. Yeah. But good. um. But food. Yeah. Food. How did your diet shift? Oh, my God. Like I don't know. relationship with food. Yeah. So um, like I said, like everything really calmed down. I ate so much bread mm-hmm. <laughs> that I would never, ever like, I mean, every single day. And I t- before when I left, I'm like gluten free all the way, like, yeah. you know, alternatives and all that fun stuff. Isn't that interesting? It's crazy. But it just goes to show the like you know the reason for my digestive issues is the stress that I put on my body for so long. Right. And not necessarily the, the food. intolerances. Yeah, yeah. Which obviously they're not made up like, you know, your body digests food in another way. And like, you know, you go through different phases of your life that doesn't discredit your intolerances or what you're not able to like handle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So definitely. Um, yeah. I've had times where like my hormones have been so out of whack mm-hmm. and certain foods or mm-hmm. just the, the lifestyle that I was living was exactly. like my body was just in flamed 100% and that throws inflammation in your body just throws it's all everything off, off. Totally. and it can manifest differently in every person exactly so but pretty, yeah. so that's how I mean so like you know when you're here and you're on Instagram every day and you're trying to do the next cool thing and you're trying to work out just so you can like you know but it's like when you're not doing all those things the issues kind of like they cure themselves I can totally when, I can see that you know everything's just like how it's supposed to be and like yeah. I truly even though I was drinking a lot of wine, eating a lot of bread and like the pounds were coming on like no joke. Like, I mean, but it didn't for the first time in my life did not freak me out for one second. Like it was just really refreshing. And so like, I remember like looking in the mirror and I was like, Oh, that's new. Like that's a new, that's a new role or like that's mm-hmm. or whatever. And I would just be like, I'm going to go for a walk or I'm, well, gonna, I'm, like, sh- I'm sure when you take away the comparison game mm-hmm. and you're not seeing what everyone else yes. is doing to be like that's a huge part of it this person's doing that i need to go do that yep. or this person looks this way so uh, I why don't look i look way. that way yeah but that's the nice Take thing that about in a way right and that's the nice thing about like being in the town that we were because it was so small but everyone was just so nice and wanted you to be happy like in their presence right. so like you're just in a good spot and i remember for the first time in my life it, it didn't freak me out that i was gaining weight because i was just doing shit that made me happy yeah so I was like I'll deal with it later like if I have to right whatever right and so I think that really changed my relationship with food because I was like this isn't gonna kill me certainly doesn't last forever (laughs) yeah certainly not um the like it doesn't last forever and you know it's just a different phase of my life right and so bringing that home truly has been like crazy to for me to just experience in my own body because like 
I went to dinner when I got home and we went to an Italian restaurant and I ate all the carbs and pasta and it didn't even phase me. You ate what you wanted to eat. Yeah. And I would normally, that'd be Which, a, like, what a novel idea. Right. <laughs> right. What you want to like, eat. Like as if like that's so crazy. Yeah. But and I just remember I was like, this is so cool. Like yeah. being in the States and like not caring because normally I'd be like, okay, you know, but again, I had been growing to that point for a while now. Like I kind of have been getting to the point where like, it's just one freaking meal. It's not going to change everything. Yeah. So I've been kind of growing to that point. And then I think it like really solidified. Hit. Yeah. Like when I was there and even, um, last week I got dinner with my dad and he loves his healthy lifestyle just as much as I do. He's like, I think like healthier than me, but, um, he, we were at dinner at red feather, my favorite, favorite mm, spot. I been there. And, um, we finished our salads and I was waiting for next course. And she was like, do you guys want any bread to snack on? And I was like, yep. And my dad was like, no, what? And I was like, dad, it's bread. It's fine. And he was like, what happened to you? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's a good thing. But it's just when you don't care and you're not like counting every bite and making sure that you don't overstuff, you eventually listen to your body's cues and its yeah. messages that it's like literally telling you. Yeah. So it's just like, it was like the trip gave you that space mm -hmm. to like really fully get into the, the act of listening to your body which is hard and takes time because and like, like how you say like how did you fill your days I filled my days by like learning so much more about myself because you literally have to sit down and like evaluate how you're feeling mm -hmm. without distractions exactly and like you know after every meal and you'll be like okay do I feel too full or do I feel something not right in my digestion or is there something that I did differently but it just gives you a lot of time to really put things in perspective mm -hmm. and for me i was like i gotta stop being so mean to myself totally. like it's like you know it's like there's so much more self-love that can go around mm -hmm. and it's really nice you know to find a good balance of that mm -hmm. and how did it feel not working out for three months yeah like it is so crazy to me because i went to one cycle class so I don't know if that counts as like a it breaks my three month streak, but <laughs> I went to one cycle class in London and I remember leaving and I was like, wow, that feels so good just because I hadn't moved in so long in that way. I was oh, like, yeah. it's such a good reminder of like, like this is how working out should feel. Right. Shouldn't feel like a punishment or I'm doing this because I haven't worked out in a month. Yeah. I'm doing this because I love the music and I love the rhythm and cycling is and cycling is one of my favorite things to do yeah exactly the endorphins i bet it was a lot of endorphins actually i bet you had like a good rush. solid hit of a that. rush yeah. Yeah. yeah but not working out and you know like i said walking became a big thing and um i could have worked out like i could have done like you know little exercises on my phone or of course we have made it up like you can do a workout anywhere if wherever. you want to if you want to find it you can find the way totally does amazon deliver in ardmore no I was gonna say no there's no such thing as ma actually fun fact well, actually amazon doesn't exist in europe yes it does oh it does yes in, in, i know that because Ireland? i sent um my boyfriend um a valentine's day party, like on amazon okay so okay. i figured it Bye out loopholes yes yeah. but um but oh fun fact is that in this is how tiny the town is in ardmore there are no addresses if you want mail you send it to main street ardmore and hope it gets to the right person I mean, I need to bring people. I'm not kidding. It's just you know, won't understand I, until you get there. There's one street, one tiny street, and there's one. How is it even called a town? I don't know. Yeah. I don't uh. know. But, but yeah, so not working out. And then coming home, what was really cool was I didn't think about it too much. I wasn't like, oh, God, my first workout back. This uh, It's going to be so bad. Right. I just kind of like went. Like mm -hmm. I didn't really think. I just signed up 
went to class. And we were excited probably to get back. Yeah, right? and yeah. because I hadn't done it in so long, I was like, this is going to be fun. My endurance was low. Like, we'll say that. But it's muscle memory. You don't forget what you're doing. Right. So um, you'll you get back into yeah, it. Yeah, my first week was tough, no doubt. But um, are you back? What are you doing? Are you like back into what you were doing yep, before? Yeah, back into cycling and bounce and um, body at Define. But it's just um, if I don't have time in my day, I don't like force myself to do something else like it's like mm-hmm. oh I didn't have time today that's cool I'll yeah. go tomorrow yeah like yeah. and normally it'd be like have to go this time I have will to- make the time I will stress myself out yeah. and push things around and mm-hmm. be squished schedule like to fit it in and just yeah. not enjoy that part of my day so it's I don't know just things have changed for you know that's great to in hear a good way though yeah. and it's just fun to like you know tell other people about it because even though it sounds like I'm the corniest human on the planet it still is such a life-changing thing because being 23 and like having going through different phases for so long. Yeah. You're like, this is so cool. Yeah. It'll, and it'll be a like bookmark piv- pivotal part point. of your life that totally. you'll look back on. And, mm-hmm. and Which is like really great. It's and it's great just, you know, yeah. and, and like, um, coming home and even taking time off of Instagram in general, like from clean Kate club. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, because, and it's because, my days aren't packed with like these health oh, well, focused yeah. things, yeah. even though I still am just, what's funny is that like, I actually am back on my grind. Like I'm doing my smoothies. I'm working out smoothies. Like yeah. I'm the same thing I was doing, but I'm just not, um, making sure that I have to post something that day in order to like stay relevant, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's, it's a better mental place to be. In. Yeah. And it's like, and I think my, I think like I'm going to, get back into it when um when ryan gets here because mm. he's super into like he's not a health nut but like you know he wants to do it with me yeah like he wants to like experience my life in that way because he like i said he listened to the podcast right. and thinks it's so cool so i just um you'll get back into it when it feels like you're 100%. excited and passionate and mm-hmm. motivated yep. and jazzed about it and that's jazzed. when you should get back into i want to be jazzed jazzed and i want to come back with those vengeance yes exactly like my decorating jazzed. will be on point i can get jazzed about a smoothie bowl yeah, yeah i yeah. mean everyone can i always can oh, but that's so great to hear yes i'm happy for you thank you but i really would love to know for yeah. our wild card question okay as a kid kate yes what did you want to be when you grow up um when i was little i had no idea <laughs> And that's I fine. don't think I do. Yep, that's also fine. But I mean, I just think everyone wanted to be a vet. No, <laughs> right? Like I did not want to be a vet. Okay, from the I love dogs. I think I had a good phase where I wanted to be a vet. That makes sense. Okay, that's, we'll go with that. But from like my the earliest time I could ever remember, up until my like freshman year of high school mm-hmm. when I dropped out of drama class. I wanted to be an actress. Okay. All right. Well, that's a good one. And I, is it? Yes. I mean, well, <laughs> at least it's a dream. I wanted to it, be a vet. It was a dream, but yeah. it didn't go far because I got to high school and like got into drama and then I realized that I probably wasn't going to be cool. Yeah. So I quit. Oh, stop. Which that's is why? The, yes. I'm not proud oh, to God, admit that. Oh God, that's so sad. It's so sad. If anyone out there is listening and they're in drama <laughs> and want to- It's fuck, your fault. Fucking keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, no. good drama. If you want to be in drama, I was too afraid. Plain wow. and simple. I was too afraid. I also, for a minute, wanted to be an archaeologist. Follow your dreams, guys. Exactly. <laughs> I wanted to be an archaeologist That's because cool. I saw Jurassic Park, and oh. really, what I wanted to do was like brush off the sand from a dinosaur bone that was still buried, yes, and wear a matching khaki set and boots. Oh, so that's the reasoning you wanted to be a fashion archaeologist. Yeah, but I but I really wanted to wipe the sand off. Okay, the, the bone, like for like 
what's it called like the satisfaction videos like yes. one of those oh yeah that yeah <laughs> yeah what is the asp i don't know it's asp like for something uh what like what it's called when people like feel satisfaction from like seeing weird things yeah aesthetically pleasing no that's aesthetic <laughs> we gotta stop we okay gotta stop. um no oh but i God. will say no so i don't know what i wanted wanted to be but i remember my brother one time would be like you're gonna be the best singer so i just had a flashback of like in the car jack hello um <laughs> he would he used to tell me i was gonna be a singer and i'm so tone deaf so i'm glad that never happened but now these days i kind of just want to um be happy <laughs> that's a great that's a great I think that's what answer I be that's I how up. we have to end it <laughs> everyone follow your dreams yes be happy go to acting class the end yes thanks kate yep anytime <laughs> My guest today has gone through and overcome extremely challenging situations from an accident that left her legally handicapped for two years to representing the USA in the sport of obstacle course racing and competing on two hit reality TV shows. This woman is dedicated to helping people break free of the defeatist mentality. Tough and badass don't even come close to describing her. Please welcome Brooke Van Paris. Hi. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Just got off work. It's been a long day. You look very the the part of a personal trainer. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I walked up and you looked so cute. And I was like over here like, oh, I'm athleisure. <laughs> you look like your profession. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, oh. I at least get the excuse to say that every day. And but I like to just... wear these clothes every day, even yeah. when I'm not working. You should be comfortable. Mm-hmm. I have so much that I want to talk to you about slash so much that I can't wait for you to share. And so, you know, we met for coffee and I got to do a workout with you. And so feel like I have a great little relationship going at this point. So I'm just like so excited for everyone else to also hear your story because it's fucking insane. (laughs) You are a journey. You are insane. (laughs) And obviously I say this lovingly and like in the best way possible as a compliment insane as like a next level type of the next level type of human being for (laughs) sure. So I think we've got to. So I want to kick it off first too with like, you're a personal trainer. Yes. You've done figure competitions. Mm-hmm. You've been on two reality TV shows. Yes. You are an obstacle course racer. Like, <laughs> yes. I remember coming to you and I was like, oh, yeah. So, like, I did like a, a warrior dash. And you're like, bitch, please. <laughs> I'm like, so you're like going through tires and like, cl- like climbing up ropes and stuff. And you're like, uh, n- not real. You're so sweet. You're like, um, well, no, <laughs> not exactly. <laughs> So first, let's start, I guess, with how you got into like this crazy world of fitness too. like not even like a normal world of fitness where it's like you're a trainer, you're passionate about health and wellness, you're working out, you're helping people get their lives on track, right? Like this is this is beyond that. So I want to hear from you, like how it all got started. So um, October 29th, 2009. Um, Mm -hmm. so we're coming up on the 10 year anniversary of it, which is crazy because now I feel old. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I was a student at Indiana university and Mm -hmm. I got in a head on car accident, leaving class and the airbag shattered and broke both my, or the airbag deployed and shattered Mm -hmm. both of my hands. Um, so it wasn't supposed to be like a two year long journey at the time. You know, they say "Mm, six to eight weeks, like you'll be back to normal. Oh my God. That's how it started. Six to eight weeks, Mm -hmm, six to eight weeks. And, um, there were some complications with my first surgery and, um, my hands didn't heal correctly. 
And so, you know, when somebody gives you like an end date, you yeah. kind of feel like, ooh, okay, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I just got to like get through this crap and then like move on. Yes. You know, like I'm going to be normal again. Yes. You need that. Yes. So I needed that. And for me, the light kept being like taken out. So when I first got my first set of casts off, and I mean, it was gross. I had like external pins and everything coming out of my hands because they Both were so hands. Bad. You had no use of your hands. No, I like it. They looked like Barbie arms. Like they were shaped in like an L shape. So my hands were like bent and then they were fingertip to elbow. Yes. Fingertip to elbow. Yes. You cannot move it. No. And I couldn't like turn my wrists or anything. So I couldn't feed myself. I couldn't open a door. You I can't scroll on your phone. Literally, no. You can't look at Instagram. You can't be like, uh, excuse me, wait, I need someone to... Yeah. You can't text. I remember the first night I got home from like actual my accident, I had to like message my professors and like obviously my parents don't know my passwords. So I had to like do some of like the typing and I literally had a pen in my mouth <gasps> and I hunted and pecked for every single key to like type it out and my professors you know after the whole journey was done they were like yeah we knew something was up because it was like can't come to class accident <laughs> like yeah with your mouth and a pen literally I, I was that person what else would you do so it the accident happened. You thought it was going to be six to eight weeks. Mm -hmm. Complications. It's now then was pushed to two years. Yeah. So I had basically, you know, every surgery they were telling me it was like the last one. So I would get out of surgery. I would rehab. Um, I'd finally get my casts off. And then things like weren't necessarily right with like my fingers would cross or like my finger from the first surgery was pointed the wrong way. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. Um, when, and it, it wasn't like that visually, like when I just had my hand out, it was when you like uh, made a fist, it would cross. And so, um, every time I'd because be like, that's okay. very complicated, right? You're essentially like yes. rebuilding your hands and they have to work with your brain and the nerves and, mm -hmm. and the tendons basically were like pulling it in the, in the right direction, but they had pinned it in the wrong direction. Yeah. So it's, it's not easy. <laughs> no, it's like way too complicated with hands and feet and wrists and where you have all those tiny little bones. But um, so anyway, every time I would like rehab, you know, some there would be a complication and then I'd say, oh, OK, well, what does that mean? And they'd be like, well, we need to have another surgery. What is your mental state like? Um, I was very depressed. I was very depressed because, imagine. you know, high school, I was like varsity, everything athlete. I was super into sports and trying new things. And I never had to like work at being fit. Yeah. Um, and so did you then, have a lot of your identity tied up in fitness? Like, oh, were, for sure. Yeah. You know, I followed in like my sister's footsteps and stuff in high school and did like cheerleading and gymnastics and all that kind of stuff. And so um, and not even it's it's not even like you can't do fitness things like you can't do day-to-day -day life things oh yeah I couldn't even literally wipe my own butt so I couldn't feed myself I couldn't bathe myself my dad actually so at the time I really like defeatist mentality I felt like everything had been taken away from me of course I lost like who I was I felt super unattractive because <sighs> I can't put contacts in or my makeup on or like I didn't even think about my mm -hmm. my dumbass stupid brain automatically goes to like I can't be on my phone. Yeah. But like you couldn't do your mascara. No, like you basic. <laughs> you couldn't rub lotion on your face. No, 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 nothing. Not You couldn't do your hair. Mm -mm. The only fingers I had sticking out were my thumbs. Oh my gosh. Yes. So like I would stand in front of a door for like 
30 minutes and wait for someone to open it for me because I like couldn't get it turned because my wrists wouldn't turn. It was terrible. Bro. Like the plug on like a shower, like, you know, like you go and take a bath. Like I couldn't pull it up. Like, yeah. A toothbrush. Totally you know. helpless feeling, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I was very humbling. You know, I went from being fully independent, athletic person to a fully dependent person. And it was hard because, you know, and I don't blame everybody, but when you're 19 years old, when, you know, I was that age, a lot of people hadn't gone through hardship in their life. So no. most of my friends do the same thing people do today is they say, let me know if you need something. Yeah. And when you're that independent and you go to being fully dependent, it is very hard to want to ask for help Yes, because you don't want to be the person that's like needing these people to come over and take care of you. So it was really like the people who just showed up for me and like for like the harder things, my dad actually drove an hour every single day um, to and from Indianapolis to help me um, feed and bathe me so that I could stay in school as a full-time student. Wow. Yes. That's crazy. That's amazing. Yes. Your dad is an incredible man. I'll literally <laughs> never be able to thank him enough. Oh, I mean, I it bet. was super humiliating and humbling. Um, I mean, my dad's washing my grown woman's body, which was like, yeah. I just remember the first time I just bawled my eyes out. It was terrible because you're just like so humiliated. Of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, I needed help. And so you just kind of have to do what you got to do to get There's through not it. another option. Like, no, it, you, there, look, there's nothing. No, you got to make it through. Yeah. And I had I was part of a volunteer organization in Bloomington. And those were the girls that like came over to my house. And, mm -hmm. you know, if they came over a little extra early, they would like do my makeup. And I just remember oh. the smallest things like that just like made my entire day. So grateful. Mm -hmm. I bet. And that's got to put things into a huge perspective now, too. Right. And, I, you mm -hmm. know, before this, you and I were kind of like bitching about our tough weeks, our stressful weeks. And I'm, you know. I'm sure at the back of your head too, like you're of course allowed to complain. And now in this moment, like that's happening, but I bet it's easy too for you to go back and be like, at least it's not that at least I'm past that point. <laughs> yes. And you know, in like the shows and stuff that I've been on and the hardships that I've been on since then, I just always, you know, bring it back to the mental fortitude that I gained then of it can never be that bad. Like I... what I have been through has been like horrible and it could never be as bad. Like it's almost like, um, a coping mechanism. So I suffer with like a lot of PTSD from that. Oh, I bet. And I feel like sometimes when I talk about it, I almost talk about it as if it's third person. I because understand. if I actually get into it, then I'll get super emotional and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's weird. You can, yeah, ab you're able to separate yourself. I feel that way too, which I talked to you about this, like with mm -hmm. my brother, like I'm able to sit here and talk about it with you now because I'm right. in this kind of different space, right? I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, you're here in front of me. I know that other people are going to be listening to this. Like you can get there. Whereas at, at another time I see a picture or like, I, I can't even get through a story without like completely breaking down oh, because of course. you are like can be present with it. Right. So I can totally, totally understand that. It's so interesting how our brains allow us to do that. Oh, it's so weird. They just compartmentalize everything compartmentalize everything and yes. they'll like shoot you full of endorphins when you need it the most mm -hmm. and like allow you to like get out of it if you like can't handle it or which like we'll talk about with your experience of <laughs> of pretty much your brain being like you're not going to experience this anymore we're like we're shutting it down yes <laughs> we'll get there soon. so you recover eventually mm -hmm. from the accident right you make a a 
very full recovery. <laughs> you are fully back in it. So what happens? What's your first, you know, kind of big milestone after your recovery? What do you go after first? Um, so I was really lost yeah. when I first recovered only because, you know, um, like I had like a milestone that I wanted to get to. Yeah. I wanted to get it recovered and that kind of stuff. And when and I recover would mean like you have, what did you consider recovery? Um, just like to be let go from like physical therapy. Okay. Just like full range of motion or whatever. And, uh, so once that happened and I graduated, it was like, okay, what's next? Yeah. And cause your whole life was I got to recover. I got to recover. I got to recover. You have a huge goal, mm-hmm. like something to work for. That is so a powerful driver. Right. And then when you get that, which is great, I can understand how then you're like, well, now, now what? Yeah. And it was almost like one of those where I looked in the mirror one day and I didn't even recognize myself. I didn't know what made me happy anymore. I didn't know who the person who was standing in front of me was because she was so out of shape. I didn't know as an adult what kind of activities that I should do. I, you know, I always loved sports, but like I was so embarrassed about how my body looked that I didn't want to do like rec league softball or basketball or volleyball and be in front of like men and have yeah. them see me be so unfit and uncoordinated. Yeah. Um, and again, at that point, I didn't even trust my hands. So like, you oh, know, I didn't know like that thought what I was alone. capable of. Like, I don't think any of us who have never not had the use of our hands would even be able to have the thought of not trusting your of course you trust your hands it's like not it's like right second nature not right. even the first nature <laughs> right so I uh I don't know I I wanted the weight off and I wanted it off then mm-hmm. and so you know I really struggled I I wanted to get into a microwave press the button and step out and be like hot and beautiful <laughs> and that's not the well, way the body works yes what did that be <laughs> except I don't think I want to step into a microwave can we can we have it be <laughs> A different <laughs> a time machine. Yeah. There okay. you go. <laughs> but yeah, like I wanted it off now. Immediately. And um I'm a very type A person, so mm-hmm. I like to like control the situation. So of course that's definitely what my brain was telling me. So I tried like diet pills. I tried mm-hmm. like weight watchers. I mean, my mom did the slim fast diet. So I thought, ooh, okay, like shakes all day. Like that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, I did the special K diet cause oh, I like yeah, cereal. Wait, I've done that too. Of course. <laughs> well, what is it? It's like a bowl of cereal for breakfast, a bowl of cereal for lunch, and then a light d- a dinner of chicken and broccoli. Yeah. And it like, it doesn't Fuck teach it you anything, sick, but yeah. to be like, kind of like a slave to the, the diet plan or yes. like the company. And so I would lose the weight and mm-hmm. I would gain it back twice as bad. Um, I tried to go <sighs> to the gym to be in. and the gym was <laughs> terrifying. Um, I always had coaches tell me like what to do and my form and why and all that kind of stuff. But no one really taught me why I was doing these things or like what things I should put together. Like the whole concept of program design was like not there. Yeah. Well, if you if you didn't have that as like I wouldn't know that. I don't think anyone would really get that unless they were like seeking it out and, you know, looking for it, which is it makes it tough right and like even now I kind of express the concept of like you can't do something you've never done before if you haven't done it right 
So for me, I mean, I was lost and I was embarrassed. I didn't want to go to the weight section because I thought, I mean, our gym was really close to the high school that I grew up going to. So it's like all of these like people that I used to be in high school and be athletic around and now they're seeing me unfit and it was just like crawling in my own skin. I got it. Yeah. 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 So I would go and the thing that I knew and I felt confident on was pressing the green button on the treadmill. You, you can do, we can do that. Yeah. And I was like elliptical for an hour. Oh yeah. If I'm not totally gassed by the end, like you oh, did yeah. not do enough. I have been there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'd like leave a sweaty mess and I was like, you know, still like going out with my friends and eating like terribly. And it's like, why won't this weight off. come off? I don't understand. <laughs> I think I was just hoping for a miracle. Of course. When you're young, like the n- nutrition yeah. too, at that point, for me in my life at that age, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Right. We were, I, I was eating cereal. Well, it's just a guessing game. Like, I feel like when I was in high school and stuff, they didn't really set me up very well on what to do when you're an adult and you're unfit. No, <laughs> like, no they don't do that. They don't teach Like, that. they're having you play kickball they and basketball and, like, whatever during gym class or, like, swimming. And then you're an adult and you're like, yeah, like, I'm not playing kickball now. No. So where do I go? absolutely so how where did what was the sticking point for you what like really yeah so I worked for Anheuser-Busch at the time I wasn't a Bud Light girl I actually wore polo and khakis and I shook the kegs and told them what to order um (laughs) distinction there's a difference there is a difference I know I understand um so anyway one of my coworkers kept inviting me to do an obstacle course race and he was like super into them and again the whole like guy thing I don't want to be around any guy feeling unfit so I kept telling him no it sounded very intimidating it was you know three miles and I'm over here like yeah right like I can barely just on like, my elliptical, elliptical yeah. it up <laughs> so <laughs> so finally after like six months of begging I finally decided to do it and take the leap and I was hooked um, you did one obstacle course race and you were like, I'm going to do this um, all the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm a girl that loves like social being social. I love helping people. Mm-hmm. I love um, being outside. So it was kind of just like everything I wanted. And I felt like a beast. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. So like, what, at- what, what were some of the first like obstacles that you like? What a part of do you remember that first race like what yeah. of them can you give us an example it was morgan's mud gauntlet so at morgan's canoes i don't know what that yeah, is. yeah <laughs> yeah so it's um it's brookville indiana I okay believe. yeah, yeah I know. um so anyway we went and like the first thing you do is you jump in like a big mud pit so i'm already like sloshing around and like because at- you got to get the feel of it like if you're gonna do girl a race, i like- wore yeah. white like this is total rookie. I wore white spandex like Under Armour shirt, and so I was like literally brown yep. immediately. Yep. Um, and then we had to climb over these like muddy little hills, and then we had to climb up like a cargo net, and like mm-hmm. then you have to run. And I just remember like huffing and puffing between every single one, but nobody there judged me, and that I think was the coolest part. Because I was seeing other people that looked like me mm-hmm. in the same shape that I was. I mean, I definitely saw people there who were fitter. Yeah. But there was really, like, no judgment from anybody on where you were at in your own fitness journey. Yeah. And, like, if you Because everyone's so focused on not dying themselves. Pretty much. Yeah. And, like, everyone's just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, let me help you over this. Or, like, you're a badass. Like, oh. I can't believe you just, like, got over that wall on your own. It's, yeah. like, these small little victories throughout the course that, like, you know people are super proud of other people Mm -hmm. for so it's a neat environment where like everyone is actually like happy for other people right right so you get hooked and so then is it 
is that the motivation for you to be like, okay, now I got to be able to climb over this wall. So, um, so for me, um, I was hooked. So basically like I was searching for something like that sense of community and things to do. Yeah. And I knew I needed like the accountability and motivation of like these people. So I signed up for a ton of races. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, probably a small community of people that are signing up for like all these races. Oh yeah. Especially like four or five years ago, the sport was much smaller. Yes. So, um, me and like five or six friends, we would literally travel to every single race together. So for me, it was like, Ooh, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm traveling to like, you know, Michigan or whatever and doing Fun. this like race right. with my friends. So it was these like social events. Right. And so I knew that if I wanted to like feel good during those races that I had to work out that week before. Right. So I actually got super crazy. I planned a race every single weekend, sometimes two in one weekend, like one Saturday, one Sunday. And how long are these races? Um, it just depends. Like your normal ones are probably around more like five miles. Okay. Um, but in the championship levels, they can go, I don't know, 10 plus. Spartan's got a lot of like ultra beasts and stuff now, which are like... 26 miles yeah wow and so again to set the stage for people there's just different obstacles obstacles like along this racetrack that you have to get through and then you'll kind of like run to the next one yeah it's like trails and stuff um if you've ever seen american ninja warriors take a lot of those obstacles and then put them on like a mountain with like trail (laughs) and then that's what i do so you do an obstacle and then you run Mm -hmm. um and then you do another obstacle and then you run Mm -hmm. and most races have I would say your smaller ones probably have like 30 to 40, but like championship races are like 50 plus. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so many. Yeah. So my idiot. Add that on top of running. Okay. Continue. Yeah. I uh, decided to be in a grip strength endurance sport after just breaking my hands. (laughs) Like I said, it's one way to make a full recovery. (laughs) I know. Um, So I did 48 races in nine months. Whoa. And that's how I lost all of my weight. I lost 40 pounds and I represented the United States my first year. Wow. Yeah. That's a really amazing experience. And then I'm sure you've met like a lot of people on the way, which is. Oh my gosh. I met such amazing people. And, you know, for me, it was just something that was fun. Mm -hmm. And then I just didn't even realize like I started to do so well. Yeah. Do you have like a natural knack for it? Is, yeah, where like, does your natural knack come from? Is it like the endurance, the strength, all to get the coordination, or just like it probably all combined, right? Um, I would say my skill is embracing the suck. <laughs> That's the it, probably the exact skill you have to have, huh? Yes, it's just like the whole entire mental attitude because anytime you're doing something that's like endurance based, like even when I'm running, like I still face these challenges today of like the negative self talk. Yeah. Uh, of you saying like you know your body's like hurting and your yeah. brain's saying stop well you should stop at that like at that next obstacle just go ahead and stop it would like feel so much better you could like catch your breath but then I have to like talk back to it and be like no I'm not gonna do that I'm gonna just continue to like push through this and uh you know keep going and, and do you think that comes quite... from your accident oh, or did for you have sure. that before too yeah for sure um it's just you know, I've had a never give up attitude ever mm-hmm. since then. Not that I would have before, I don't think, but nothing had really that pushed puts me to it that to point. The test. Yeah. Yep. Damn. That's a great point. I should have known that because I, ta- I've talked to some other freak endurance athletes on the podcast mm-hmm. and we were ta- like, it's a mental sport at that point, you know, like, yeah, your body physically is going to do what your, what your mind tells it to do. Oh, yep. Yep. 
what you tell your mind your body will follow yeah it just kind of it's almost like a what they call like the runner's high or yeah, whatever i call state. it being on autopilot <gasps> autopilot <laughs> i got it that makes sense uh-huh i don't know if i've felt that in a physical sense i felt that in in like the podcast at some points when it's like conversations flowing i'm like mm-hmm. in it and it feels so great i i get it from that point but i don't know if i've been there physically there's so the the first time i think i experienced it was at the first championship race um and that was actually held at king's domain in oregonia ohio so it was actually here mm-hmm. the first and second world championships ever um so they were nice and local um but i just remember it was the first time i hadn't run with a group Mm. I was always it was the camaraderie of the group everybody was pushing me there was like people that were better than me and I was kind of like following in their footsteps as they were running so I'd get faster and then in this one it's age group based so you have to go off with females ages you know whatever I was at the time yeah um and it was so tough because then that's when your negative self-talk starts talking to you and saying like all of these other people are better than you or oh my gosh, that obstacle looks really hard. Or, oh, did you just see that girl fall off? Do you want that to be you? Because there is crowds and like people are watching you and you're also exhausted. And then, you know, they put out the course map ahead of time, but I don't like looking at that. You don't look at it? No, I never know what to expect. (laughs) That blows my mind. I'm a person like, I look at the Orange Theory workout before I go. Not because it's going to deter me, but because if I, I, I need, I need to know. Um, for me, I just know that I would psych myself out like a couple days before and keep myself up at night with like anxiety of like, oh my God, you have to do the Davy Jones's locker. It's like the one where it's like a free fall jump into water. Excuse me. I'm so scared of heights. It's unreal. Yeah. And so like, I will literally keep myself up worried about that. So if I don't look at the course map, I don't know what I'm about to do. That's very smart. And when I get to it, my body just goes instead of me thinking about it. That's very smart. Yeah. That. That's very smart. I wouldn't do that because I'm not smart like you. Because the, I think about certain workouts where it's it's an Orange Theory workout, right? It, it Not that it's not tough, but it's just right. a, a daily workout. And I, maybe I'll see like a, a part of the rower that's diff- – I hate the rower. It's my least favorite. That's going to be really difficult. And I kind of will get like psyched up about it. And oh, not like in a good way of like a, oh, dreading it, dreading like it. Dreading anxiety. It. Like anxiety. Like yeah. anxiety. And then when you do it. You're like, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. So it's like, well, I just created all this mental chatter. I just shouldn't have fucking looked at the workout. <laughs> that's what this comes down to. Okay. Anyways. Yeah, that's how I am. Like, sometimes I'll start tr- strategizing, like, okay, I'm going to grab the ring, then the rung, then the whatever, and, like, do the rope this way. And, like, I'd rather just, for like, you, let my body do what it wants to do when I get to it yeah, and, like, yeah. hope for the best. Oh, my God. Okay, so I interrupted you. You were at the, the World Championships in Ohio. Yeah. And you said that you were getting that into the negative self-talk because you are yeah. by yourself. Well, so my wave was really late in the day, so they typically put off – like your fastest people first and then they just like mm-hmm. mix up all the age groups. So it's not like 18 year olds go and then 20 year olds go. It's like random. Yeah. Um. So we were in the middle of the day. It was freezing outside and like raining and all this. And so I'm already like super, super cold. Um. And I just remember during the entire race, I like never once warmed up. There's people with like, you know, those space blankets on throughout the course, like yes. suffering from like you know, mild hypothermia and they're oh. getting like pulled off. And so it's like, what month is this? It is in October. 
Oh, yeah. So it could go either way. Like it could yeah, nice it could be really nice or yeah. like really terrible. Welcome to the Midwest. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we, um, anyway, I was like seeing all this happen. I'm by myself for the first time. These obstacles are really hard. Um, I hadn't failed an obstacle until I got to this rope climb that was above water. And there was a huge long line of like people waiting to like retry it. And I just remember I went for it and I got really close to going to the top and I like fell and it submerged me in this water and I was just like totally freezing Freezing. and then having to stop and wait. Like my adrenaline went down, my blood rate went down because I'm like just standing there. And so I just start freezing. And then that adds another element of like mental like self-talk. Yes. Yes. Where you're just like, okay, I'm cold. Um, And then you're back in these like deep, dark forests. Sometimes you're like back there by yourself because there's nobody in front of you or behind you. And you're just like, yeah, I mean, they're tough. It's a lot of grit. So at those points is when you sort of like get to that autopilot of like, you just got to keep running, just right. keep running and get to like the next thing. And like, you got to get yourself the hell out of here. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's so scary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you feel like that too, but there are really glorious aspects yes. to like a championship of race course. too, because you're not the only person feeling like that, you know? Yeah. And so like at some point you'll just be like, Oh, this sucks. When you're like climbing these like steep hills and then you'll hear a random girl or guy be like, it's terrible. And then you guys just start laughing or like I've been on like a mountain in Vermont where like we're just like singing songs together because we just got to like distract our minds and get through it. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds that's that's really cool. It reminds me a lot, which I have been so in this like Game of Thrones mentality myself. I haven't even seen it. I am that person that talks about not seeing it. So I'm not I'm not I won't do any spoilers, but I'm sure you know, too, there's just like a lot of like epic battles happening. Yeah. And I can't help but like put myself in that position from like a physical standpoint where, I mean, you're literally fighting like for your life, like life or death. But I just think like, what, what if you got tired? Like, Yeah. Like, how do you like break through this? Like, how do you like, I don't know. But that reminds me of a situation where it's like you are in deep deep shit in your mind I'm like yeah really maybe not I mean yeah it's probably dangerous too like it could be deep shit but where it's like how where do you like where does that mind go where do you go um yeah and it seriously it it goes back to the accident of yeah. like man it can never be this bad or yeah. just like my mentality is always like just finish yeah. all you have to do is cross the finish line that is it yeah um I actually have a tattoo it's my favorite saying is you'll know at the finish line because it's that anxiety leading up to it of like, what am I capable of? Yeah. And I think every single race on top of life events, but every single race for me made me believe in myself again, because again, you know, after the handicap, I had a lot of self doubt. I didn't Mm -hmm. like who I was. I didn't like what I looked like. And then after every single race, it was so empowering because I felt like, I did all of these things that I doubted that I could do. Mm-hmm. So at the finish line, you're standing there like I am a badass. Like oh I can God. handle anything. I just freaking conquered like 10 miles, you know, yes. like, so yes, that's got, it's such, it's that's such the addictive good. part of yes. those races is you just crave that feeling. Yeah. I can totally understand that. So where did like the figure competition come in and then how did you get on the reality TV shows? Like that's, you know, a, a somewhat of a jump. <laughs> Um, so I posted my story for the first time on Facebook. Mm. Um, there was a quote that said your testimony could be the key that unlocks someone else's prison. Mm. And that's when I realized that most people don't necessarily get out of tragedy like that. 
Um, maybe they don't have a strong mental fortitude and they yeah. need help. So maybe by sharing my story, other people can kind of resonate with it and maybe it will help pull them out knowing that somebody else has been in a similar spot. Yeah. Or even if it's not the, remotely the same or if they weren't even a car accident, wh- right. whatever it is, I think just the story of a fellow human struggle is mm-hmm. something that we all really identify with and can you find that like rallying cry together oh for sure and it's being able to share like those vulnerabilities has Mm -hmm. really helped me the most to help other people is you know even like at my job today like the more that I can be vulnerable about like my daily struggles Mm -hmm. and still you're a personal trainer yeah and still as like a personal trainer you know like waking up one day and saying like I don't feel like working out you know, being vulnerable with like my clients and stuff like that. Yeah. That is what helps people because I'm just like everybody else. So, um, I posted my story and I was contacted by Fox. Mm -hmm. Um, and they don't tell you they're Fox at the time. It's just like a third party casting company. Um, saying we're looking for America's fittest men and fittest women. (laughs) What do you think when you see that email? Delete. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well bitch it's not here I don't know you're looking in the wrong spot <laughs> I was like uh yeah no I don't think you know what I just went through like there's no way that a year you know a couple years ago I was handicapped and now like you're thinking I'm like a top dog like this has got to be a joke yeah <laughs> like you're trying to steal my credit card information aren't you <laughs> I just thought you know those like modeling agencies that like message you on the Instagram they're like be a brand rep we love your style girl yeah, awesome feed be first apparel or whatever that is <laughs> That's how I felt it was. So I was like, this is unreal. They're going to make me pay to like get pictures or something. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. So they ended up giving me a phone call. And so I answered it. I was at work. And you know, what are you doing for work now? You're still at Budweiser? Yes. At the time I was still with Anheuser. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I I was sitting in my Bud Light van outside (laughs) of one of my accounts (laughs) wearing my khakis. (laughs) Answered the phone call. Like that is rude. They make you wear khakis. Can you it's so flat ugly. out refuse? <laughs> Shouldn't they want you to be in something a little bit more flattering than a pair of khaki pants? No one looks good in khaki pants. So the funny thing is, is one of my accounts and it became a nickname as they would call me Jake from State Farm because I had like my red polo and khakis. No, on every that day. is bad marketing. Bad yep continue (laughs) um yeah so anyway I get the phone call and they kind of explained it a little bit more um said that this is like a television opportunity they wanted to do a Skype interview and I'm like ugh, you know like Skype interview what's it gonna hurt yeah so I went home and I like downloaded Skype for probably the first time and I'm like trying to get it to work or whatever and it ended up being super fun the the girl was really awesome and she basically said you know in a week, um, you'll find out if you're one of the finalists. We'll send you to L.A. What was the interview like? <clears throat> just tell us your story kind of thing? It was just like, tell us why you're a badass and like how you're going to beat all these other people. So I just like just decided I was going to put on a different hat and like play into it a little bit and oh. have like fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, and of course, yeah, I shared my story and stuff like that. But so the next week... Um, <laughs> I get an email and it's like a Wednesday and they're like, yeah, so this, we've already arranged your flights and all this. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I didn't say like I was for sure doing this yet. Um, and they, they were like, you know, we're going to send you out this weekend. You'll be there for like the following week, blah, blah, blah. 
And this is like not you've got it. This is just like we're in final stages. Yes. Okay. So they sent like 40 some people out to L.A. OK. So I'm like a finalist. OK. So I called my parents and I'm like a grown woman. But, you know, if like I mess up financially and like I got parents approval, maybe they'll help me dig myself out of the holes. Smart. Makes <laughs> so sense. I called my parents and I'm like, all right. So I have this opportunity. I d- again, I still don't know it's Fox. I don't know what it is. It's this like random casting company. So it's like all of these unknowns. Yeah. They're like sending me out to L.A. I feel like I'm going to be on Taken. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but like if you're going to put me on TV, maybe it's OK. Like, yeah, <laughs> like Liam Neeson. Like, yeah. come on. So my parents were like, no, I don't think it's a smart decision. You know, you could you don't have any more vacation time at work. Like you don't want to like jeopardize your job. You know, what if you go out there for a week? What if you get it? Like, you can, you don't have the time commitment to do this stuff. And I just remember telling them, I said, you know what? You guys have always told me to believe my dreams. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, I'm like a person of faith. So I always thought, you know, if God presents you an opportunity, you should take it. And so I just felt in my gut that if this God is an opportunity. you an opportunity to be on television, you should. You should take it. Take it. <laughs> So my parents said, okay, if you go into work and you ask your boss um, and they say yes, we're going to leave it up to them. If they say yes, you can go. So I went in. I was like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. I'll cover your route for a week or whatever. Yeah, because it's like easy as pie. So I go and um, basically we were confined to hotel rooms for like a week. So it was not glamorous in any stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. It was actually the most miserable part of the entire experience, Mm -hmm. but I understand why they do it. They don't want you meeting like other people before you're on TV. Um, They don't want like people in LA getting to know you or knowing like what's going on with this like brand new show and like TMZ getting involved. Was this the first? And so what show is it? I guess we can say. So it was American Grit on Fox with John Cena. And that's Uh when we found out what it was is when we went to LA. Were you on the first season? Yes. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So it's totally different. Lots of different non-disclosures for that. They don't really want anyone finding out anything. Yeah. Um, So we went through like psyche vows because we're going to be living together. It was like the longest psyche valve I've ever taken in my life. It was like two or three hours. Do you have any like? It was like those like tests, like filling out bubbles. And I swear on my life, the one I will never forget. And I don't know how like, and I guess it tells you that maybe you're not sane. But one of them literally said, I see people when people are not there. And I was like, who would actually answer that? (laughs) <laughs> but those are like the types of questions and of course it's asking you about like you know your urge for aggression and things like that but they're like we want the people with the highest <laughs> urge yeah. for aggression raging yeah so oh. we did that we did like physical tests and like ekgs and all that to make oh, sure wow. we're not like risk for health if oh, okay. we're like competing yeah. for them. yeah and we did lots of different interviews um so you get it and in a, in a quick snapshot, like what is the show? What's like the premise of the show? So it's a military inspired competition reality show. There are 16 pro athletes and they're testing the human will of never giving up. Well, they picked a really great person to put on the show then, didn't they? Thanks, girl. Uh, so um, I, I, you need to tell the story about how. So you event you do get kicked off or not kicked off. You, well, I don't know. what. How I got kicked you- off at some point, but I had to get on first. <laughs> You got on, you got on. And then talk, talk about that. Like the experience of the show, like leading up to your final challenge, because it's so crazy to me. Yeah. So all 16 of us got to live in a house. So we lived at the base of Mount Rainier for like 10 weeks in the national park. It was super cool, but also like terrifying at the same time. Cause I don't like the cold in general. 
Um, especially because like that last championship race, I said like yeah. don't like the cold. Do so, they know you don't like the cold? I swear on my life, this was like rigged. Okay, I'm just kidding. It really probably wasn't because yeah. like lots well, of gaming commissioners have to be involved in like those shows because there's money at stake. But yeah, but still, go on and you'll make sense why. It's like I my asked worst that. nightmare coming yeah. to life. Yeah. So we had just lost somebody in like the first competition, and you want to keep your team together. It behooves yeah. you to because yeah, it's not like a million dollars divided by three or four or two people. It's two fifty each. Yeah. So. Your cadre wants to pick the cadre as the military leader. Yeah. Wants to pick their top dog to go into the evolution or the circus, which mm-hmm. is like your endurance round mm-hmm. um, where someone gets sent home. Mm-hmm. So the circus is designed to test that will. And basically the they want to put you through. Yeah. They want to put you through this tough stuff to see who actually says like, I'm done. I give up. I can't do this or whatever. Mm-hmm. So mine was called ice cubed. <laughs> literally I was a popsicle um so I just remember I get down to the endurance platform and you don't know what it is ahead of time so you go you have to go through obstacles to get there first yes Yes. so you go through 16 obstacles and you're already taxed yeah you come down this like big cargo net and um there's three ice baths and I kid you not they literally took an oar like a paddle and like broke up the ice like it's that cold that it froze that quickly mm-hmm. like this could be bad mm-hmm. and I looked at my cadre and I was like oh god and she was like put your mind somewhere else that's what she said you have to yeah so I didn't know what she meant at the time until I like submerged myself in the ice bath for the first time so I like, thought the, I was gonna die what's the challenge you have to so on John Cena's count you have to submerge in the ice bath get out 10 burpees submerge 10 burpees repetitively until there's no end until someone gives up yeah i want everyone listening to the next time you think about you're complaining about doing your burpees you're not then submerging in an ice bath like literally can't do recovery ice baths it's like too bad (laughs) i can't it brings me back so what happens so i submerged um and did 10 burpees or sorry i did that nine different times so 90 burpees and nine submersions i came up from the 90th burpee and it's crazy because I didn't even know I looked like this until after it aired. But I stood up from the 90th burpee and with a big string of slobber coming out of my mouth, I completely just collapsed onto the ground. Um, and in unison, everyone was like, is she dead? And I could still hear people, but I just couldn't respond. My body, my body went into stage three hypothermia. So it shut down any system that wasn't vital to survival. So I could not move my mouth. Couldn't make noises. I couldn't like do anything. Paralyzed, but you can, it's like, that's the biggest, my biggest fear ever. Yeah. You're like under anesthesia and they think that, and you can't move and you can't talk and they think that you're under and you're not. Um, yeah. So like, they were like, is she dead? And I was like, am I dead? (laughs) I had no idea. This, I had Is never ever like? like passed out before. So for something like this, it was like way scarier. <laughs> and all the cadres got to me like immediately. Um, Reaper, his name's Nicholas Irving. He was in my ear and he was like, you're going to be fine. Just breathe. Just breathe. And um, then they put me in the ambulance. They started like cutting my clothes off and like putting like all of these heat packs around my body to try and like warm me up. And um, it was just a crazy experience. I was unresponsive for over an hour. Oh, my gosh, Brooke. Yes. So, well, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't actually, your mind didn't give up. Right. I was like still alive down there. Your body was just like, (laughs) 
we're, we got to protect you. We can't do this. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, you know, I was able to kind of, when I was doing it, I just kept thinking nothing is as bad as your accident. Like nothing can be that bad and your teammates need you. And I think for me, not that I would ever want to go through it again, but it was the first time that I had physically pushed myself to the point where my body actually told me no. Yeah. 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 That's intense. Mm-hmm. So then and, and that's an experience enough. And then you went on another reality TV show. Yeah. I mean, why not do it again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so what was the second? Who was that one? So it was Broken Skull Challenge with uh, Steve Austin on CMT. Uh-huh. And uh, we were season five, episode two. So we were the first female episode of the last season. Because apparently I like to like <laughs> make oh, shows right. end. Right. <laughs> Oh, oh man so it what was, was the premise of that one so it is just like physical fighting and it's, you have no background in combat none combat sports i'm a lover not a fighter perfect perfect mm-hmm. show yeah you. just like put me in there coach so and then how'd you go out on that one or how, what happened with that one um well apparently ice bath is not enough they had to put me in like a big water ring and i'm like great water again like i clearly do not thrive in water at all i mean i like laying out and like being on like a sure (laughs) being on the beach in water but i'm not Uh trying to like compete in water i have to fight in the water yes so there was like it was a bunch of women like obviously they put us like similar weights similar heights Mm -hmm. and um We'll get back to it. But the yeah. second sport that I did was uh, bodybuilding. So okay. they cast a lot of obstacle course racers for Broken Skull Challenge. So I think they just didn't want to say that that was like our main sport. So um. the girl that went against me, her other sport is bodybuilding as well. So you guys are like the two bodybuilders going up yeah, against each other. Yeah, two figure bodybuilders, mm. very similar like stature. So they put yeah. us together. Mm. Um, so the point was you had to, um, it was like bracket style. So there was like three different competitions and you had to go do like the final thing by yourself and get the fastest speed. So, um, I went out in the first round, gave me, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) so you had, I mean, you're out there doing it. What? Like that's way more than most people. Oh, for sure. I mean, I was super proud of myself for being there and like having the opportunity, but, um, I mean, I really wish I was given something where I could actually show like my ability yeah, um, and like my strength and that kind of stuff and my grit, but I don't pick the competition. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so there was two posts um, on one side of like a big, like ringed pool. Mm-hmm. And on the opposite side, there was a bell hanging from a post and the object was to jump in and then get to the bell before the other person. Yeah. Seems easy enough. Seems easy enough. Well, I jumped out further than Nika, mm-hmm. and she jumped on my back. <gasps> what? Yes. Is that allowed? Jumped on my back <laughs> and, like, grabbed me and just, like, took me down. And uh, it was pretty quick, but at mm-hmm. least the show did me some, like, solid and, like, did slow-mo. So it looked like it lasted a little bit longer. <laughs> That's <sweet. laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, right? You're, yeah. Like, like, I'm not going to try to sugarcoat this. No, <laughs> like, I got like <laughs> taken out for sure. Um, she, in her interview afterwards, and I had no idea until it aired, but in her interview, she's like, yeah, so I'm a division three collegiate water polo player. Oh, okay. So I definitely know how to shift somebody's body weight. And You're I was like, like okay. This Fuck was me. rigged. Yeah. This was unfair. <laughs> like, I didn't stand a chance. Like, I'm not a water polo player. I, I know how to try and dunk somebody in a pool. That's it. Mm-hmm. 
Put yeah. him in the deep end and push on their shoulders. Right. <laughs> That's like the kid stuff. Oh. I don't know how to do this professional like no. how, water polo yes. stuff. Oh. So from did you get into so you got obviously you got into bodybuilding before that show. Mm-hmm. What prompted that? So there was a pro male and female bodybuilder on the show. On the for, on a on American Grit. American Grit. Yes. And so um I mean does anyone really enjoy cardio? I mean, I don't. <laughs> There's really the thing that I like about obstacle course races are like the obstacles. Yeah. Um, and like downhill running because that's easy. Yeah. Um, but so I'm like, okay, well, I like weightlifting a lot better. You know, I kind of feel like a badass, like female, like super empowered every time I'm like strength training. And me too. Um, I would love to do a bodybuilding show. And so um, one of the people decided that they were going to help coach me. Mm. Um, so it was nice cause I didn't have to like pay anything, you know, yeah. something like that is normally a pretty expensive process. Yeah. I mean, it's your, you, um, you know, you know this, that's your full, that's what you're doing full time. Oh, like, for sure. You have to dedicate your life to it. Money, time, energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think I was really wrong in what I was thinking about bodybuilding oh. and thinking that it's all about lifting the weights because I would say during the actual prep, probably about 25% of it is about the weightlifting it's like 75 percent diet and yes. that was very hard for me I, that's so difficult for so i'm difficult. sure a, a lot a lot of people i was is, on the special k diet like three years before that <laughs> and now you're just yeah. like eating four ounces of chicken and asparagus yes yeah and no. broccoli yeah yeah i know i've seen it, I've mm-hmm. seen it. I've, I've, mrs I've, dash is life and so is walden farms <laughs> gosh yeah so i went into basically they said, you know, do you want, what place do you want? And I said, well, I'm not going to do something if I'm not going to win. And I definitely don't want to like, you know, be that person that's standing next to these women that have worked their butts off for weeks and be like the out of shape person. That's kind of like disrespecting the sport. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, I want to win. And so they're like, all right, well, we need to go into prep eight months early so that your body, you know, gets rid of eight months, eight months, Oh, eight months of restriction and it's not just eight months because it's eight months before your show and then like a two month to three month reverse diet post show what's so a reverse like a diet post life. show what do you have to do? gradually reintroducing the foods back into you your body just be like i'm back to donuts and pizza some people do and then they end up with edema and they end up in the hospital from like massive swelling and stuff because your body has no idea what to do with all these dirty carbs because oh, it hasn't had damn. them for so long do- did you ever have any, like, what was your relationship with food like going into it? And did it change? Um, so I've always kind of struggled with my relationship with food. Yeah, um, I think most of us do, especially as women. Yes. And I think it's like not very talked about. It's kind of hush hush. Yep. Um, but I mean, I think my relationship with food got a lot better um, before the bodybuilding show because I was able to educate myself and I actually like got somebody to help me with a meal plan. Yeah. And I knew that they had the knowledge to give me the correct things for my body. So like for the first time in my life, I didn't think that I needed to eat salads to lose weight that I realized I had to eat like a lot of the right things to lose weight. If that makes sense. Yes. So eating more. It's not so much like just eating less is the key. It's like what foods you're eating. Yeah. It's not like starving yourself because you can create a broken metabolism that way. And like, I think the more education I had, the less scary food became. 
Interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. So, but you go through this really restrictive period where it's measuring everything. It's calculated. You know, you Mm -hmm. really have to shut off those hunger cues or like those cravings, right? Of like, this is the plan. You got to stick to the plan. Yeah. So they gave me the plan and like literally like the first like four months, it honestly wasn't really that bad. Yeah. Because you do it. Yeah. The... I was eating more than what I was used to, especially at the beginning, because they want your body to get used to like eating a certain level or amount of food, and then they gradually deplete it over time. Yeah. So about like month four, um, I started to like really get like the bigger cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, around month three and two, like the cardio started to get added to it. Mm-hmm. So um, I had no cheat meals for eight months. And this is different for everybody. Yes. Every coach does something different right. for everybody. But for me, I, I didn't. I didn't have any of the refeed meals or yeah. whatever they call it. Yeah. And we also want to be very clear. You are working towards a very specific goal and competition. Yes. So for me, like, um, you know, I'm like, the type A, I, I like that control. Me too. Um, if you tell me to eat dog poop off the sidewalk, I'm probably going to eat dog poop off the sidewalk. So I wanted to win that bad. I feel that. <laughs> I really feel that to my soul. I do. I mean, I've literally heard some of my clients say it at this point. They want to lose the weight so bad. They're like, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. I'll eat the dog poop. And I'm yep. like, okay, eat the dog we're, poop. We're not going to make you eat dog poop, actually. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah. So I followed it really strictly. Um, and then in the last couple months is when it really got tough and my relationship um, with food got really rough and my social life got s- completely separated. You don't um, have one. No, it was non-existent. I, I really, I wasn't leaving the house unless I was going to the grocery store or to a um, movie theater so I could sit and watch movie without being around food oh. um, or like to the mall to walk around or to the gym. Um, so I... I knew if I was in a food setting, I would probably mess up because at that point I was having like such bad, like hunger issues. Um, and I starving your body and I didn't want to blame myself for like being the one to slip up. Like if I knew that I got second place and I was like, dang, you shouldn't have done that. Yep. Then I I never would have forgiven myself. Yeah. Cause for me, this was like a one-time opportunity. Yeah. So, um, the the worst it ever got so my coach actually wasn't in indiana so mm-hmm. i was sending pictures yeah. and like weight scale things and that's also not very typical for coaches and i would suggest if you do a bodybuilding show to have somebody in person that can actually see your body yeah but um i was having my monthly like multiple times a month because my hormones were so out of whack and so for that's women interesting because typically it's like goes away right yeah. it's very common for it to go away because your body is so like malnourished yes. that it doesn't want to allow you to have that because it doesn't want you to have a baby under In those conditions. Kids. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, for me, my body was just total freak out. I was mm-hmm. having hot flashes. I was like, you know, going through that multiple times a month. So I was like bloating a ton and like having all this extra water weight. And because this person wasn't there, they mm-hmm. couldn't tell if it was because of my diet or because of that. Yeah. And so I started to have this tit for tat relationship with the scale. Mm -hmm. of like feeling really guilty about why it wasn't going down or why it went up. Um, You're putting all of this energy and all of this effort into like the goal is to lose weight, like less body fat, right? Like you have to lose the weight at this point. Mm -hmm. And then for it to not move, go, I've been a slave to the scale. Oh yeah. Been in that situation where it will make or break your day. 
Oh, yeah. You weigh yourself in the morning and then you're just like, well, my whole day is ruined. ruined. There goes that. Oh, yeah. God. That's so terrible. If anyone is listening and is in that place right now. Throw I'm, the scale away. I, I am. I understand how it can be hard to do that, too. But I'm st- sorry that you're going through that and that it I feel for you. This yeah. is kind of all I want to say. It's yeah. It's like I feel it. It's hard. It, it's terrible. And I mean, when I went through my weight loss journey, I struggled with it so much that all I did was progress pictures because um, I couldn't be objective about looking at a scale number. I could be yeah. objective looking at pictures. Yeah. So during the show, anytime the weight number wouldn't change, I would get food taken out of my diet. Oh, my God. So for me, it started to create this terrible relationship with me being upset with food. Um. Again, I'll preface this. Everybody's bodybuilding journey is different. This was just mine. So for some people, it's a very glamorous, really fun journey. For me, it definitely wasn't. Um, Are you happy you did it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I would have always wondered Mm -hmm. what it would be like, um, especially because I still love strength training and that kind of stuff. And I'm really proud of myself for the accomplishment during it. Um, But it's something I don't think I would put myself through again unless maybe it was like post baby to give my something like a goal to work towards. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I did, um, I remember, and again, it was my first show, so I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. I woke up one morning about, I don't know, a week before the show. And it said, um, so here's your meal plan for the day. No carbs for five days. And it said, I was supposed to have 28 grams of protein five times a day and one time a day, five grams of fat. Just straight up, and I remember sitting in the gym parking lot, and I called my dad, and I was like, "I'm gonna lose my mind." Yeah, I I know, I know. I already felt like crap, and then all of a sudden, you took like my carbs away, and so oh, yeah, I'm I I was have been in a situation where I've like have had a really strict meal plan following that, like in order to lose weight, and. I can think about like you really feel like you're you're losing your mind yeah I I was like I didn't have enough fat so I was below at this point I was around 10% body fat Mm. um and when you hit below 10% that's your your it's below what your essential fats is supposed to be for a Mm. woman Mm -hmm. so I was having like irrational thoughts like because my brain didn't have enough fat to function healthily so you're just like very irrational and emotional and um, my dad was like, why are you doing this? Right, right, like, stop because, this. Right. Because he's not understanding, like, I'm so close to this goal. I know. And it's like, this but, is how the process is. Yeah. And so um, I ended up making it to stage day. Mm-hmm. And it was probably one of the best days of my life. Because um, then you could eat. Because <laughs> then I could have pancakes. Yeah. yeah <laughs> was literally. that the thing that you wanted, pancakes? Yeah. I wanted them so bad. I hop birthday cake pancakes. Ooh. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna. I, I'm not. I'm not mad about that. Oh my god, they were good, and yeah. I had mozzarella sticks. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. um, so I took stage, and um, they basically call everybody out, and you're mm-hmm. in no particular order when they first yeah. call you out, and then they call everybody's numbers, and they ask to switch, you know, places. Yeah. So, the first call out, I was switched to center stage, mm-hmm. and when you're center stage then that is the body that they're basing all of the other girls' bodies off of. So, like, once you get called Damn. center, you don't want to be told to move. Damn. Yeah, so I just remember I'm, like, standing there, and I'm like, please, God, don't call my name. Please don't call, don't call it. Don't call it. Please don't. You know, like, um, so I knew I had done fairly well, mm-hmm. um, but I had no idea, actually, like, 
you know, what I had done. And the fun thing is, is when I was working out and doing all my workouts the entire time I wore a sweatshirt and sweatpants to the gym, because I never wanted anyone to know what I looked like. I just wanted like this huge reveal. So like after I took stage the first what time. What a drama queen you are. I love it so much. Well, I'm like <laughs> I, there's other girls at the gym, like oh. who were going to be competing against me. And I'm like, uh. yeah, like I'm not showing you the goods yet. Cause maybe okay. like you'll work hard and like beat me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that I would do the same. That makes the I'm like, sense. I got to hide strategy, it. Strategy, strategy. Yeah. So um, I got a ton of text messages like right after the first time. They're like, oh, my God, I didn't know you looked that way or whatever. And um, then when the night show came, that's when they do like the awards and stuff. So like we came out and we did our poses and uh, we're standing out on a line. They call the top five out and then they say like number five, yeah. you know, and they call the person's name yeah. and then four, three, two. Number two got called and I was still on the back line and I just remember being like, oh my God. Oh my God. I just just like won this thing. (laughs) Oh my God. And I did. I ended up winning uh, my first bodybuilding show. Crazy. It Um, was an awesome time being on stage, but I'll never do it again. Yeah. 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 And (laughs) and, and it makes sense for you though, right? Like extreme, you've had an extreme turn of your life with this accident you've yep. been on these crazy reality shows like did burpees until you passed out had yep. hypothermia almost killed yourself doing a bodybuilding <laughs> competition not really but whatever so with all of those we're on extreme ends right mm-hmm. like now when you're here and, and as a personal trainer and living your life like what does being fit mean to you um being fit to me at this point in my life just means you know, working out and being healthy and making healthy decisions, but having that balance of like a social life so that, um, you know, you can enjoy like all the finer things in life. Like you can, you can, for me, I didn't get abs until I was like 7% body fat. Um, so for me, that's why I will tell you, I, I am happy I did the bodybuilding show because for me, the abs aren't worth it. That, it's not worth what I went through to get that. That so, is a wonderful perspective. Yeah. It, it makes me want to love my body a little bit more being like, girl, rock on with that little extra belly fat. Like you don't need those abs. Right. Like, it's either 25 grams of protein and that's it. Or mm-hmm. you have a little belly fat. Like, yeah. So I'm like, you know what? That's a really what? good point. Yeah. It, it's that like balance is mm-hmm. the social life. It's being able to travel and feeling healthy and, and being healthy to the point where you're not experiencing like, you know, health risk diseases or like feeling like, you know, my body's aching because I haven't been moving yeah. or like I sit in a desk all day right. and that kind of stuff. So for me, that's kind of like the different view of health that I have now mm-hmm. is just something like more sustainable. Yeah. Sustainability. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Brooke. You've got to come back again because we have like so much to get so much more to get through too. But you are a personal trainer at Lifetime Fitness now, which I went to. And you guys, this place is like incredible. It's like a mecca of fitness. They have every single fitness thing imaginable. If you are downtown, it's a little bit of a hike, but honestly, like worth the visit. It's it's so cool. I love it there. Yeah, I know that you. It's do. like because a can. It's like a kid in a candy shop for anyone that like wants to be fitness into fitness. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. But okay, Brooke, where can people follow you? Where can they check you out? What are you doing? Are you doing anything next? Like, what's on the horizon for you? Oh man, so <laughs> my boyfriend's really into long distance races right now. So mm-hmm. he signed yeah, us up for like a twelve hour trail run in Indiana in like June or July. Um, so that's no obstacles, like, just a trail run. Yes, just I gotta trails. hook you up with a couple of 
past guests, Anna and Susie, they do like 50 mile trail runs and ultra marathons. Yeah. I'll yeah. Get you guys together. You guys can chat and like about our mental fortitude. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh. So you can find me on Instagram.com backslash Brooke in Paris mm-hmm. or Facebook.com backslash BVP 606. Um, but yeah, come check me out at Lifetime too. It's up in Mason. Um, it's super awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. You guys, it's really, really cool. Guys, follow me at What the Fit Podcast. You can also follow me at Chrissy Grody. Slide into my DMs. You know exactly what to do. If you are love loving listening to the podcast, tell your friends about What the Fit. Tell your trainers. Tell your coaches. Spread that shit like wildfire. All right, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you.